Hi, welcome to the Perfectly Balanced Podcast. I'm Mitch, and with me again is Anthony. Hello, how are you today? Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, we're already four days into the new year, and I, I've given up. 2025 is going to be my year. All right, yeah. Yeah, that's the way yeah, to be. We, I guess that date says to when we recorded this. But yeah, we're recording this uh, the first week of January 2024. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk all about video games, our favorite games of the year, both of our personal top 10 lists, uh, and then we're going to pick the overall perfectly balanced game of the year at the end of the call. Uh, and who knows what else we're going to talk about. So it should be fun. Yeah, anything can pop up. So yeah, I think I'll, I'll start off. I'll just give a quick, we'll just go, I'll just go from top to bottom. I'll get my uh, top 10 uh, and then Anthony will give his top 10 and then I'll talk about my number one game because we haven't really talked about it on the cast. So my my personal game of the year is Alan Wake 2. I love that game. I'll get more into it in a bit. Uh, and then it goes Mario Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom, Dredge, Dave the Diver, Jedi Survivor, Spider-Man 2, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and the Dead Space 2 remake coming in at 10. I really like how you had to figure out what was the subtitle of this Assassin's Creed as you were saying it. There was a little hesitation. I know there. in my head I was like Brotherhood. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I gotta check. No, gotta but check. but maybe it is. Maybe it still is. For me, it's always gonna be Black Flag. That's the really the only one I like. That one's still good. Because it's the one that's least like an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> okay, so mine is Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Remember to always add the brothers in there. It's not just Super Mario Wonder even though that's what I have written down here. Number two is Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Number three is the Resident Evil 4 remake. Number five is Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. Wait, number four, sorry. Number five is Marvel's Spider-Man 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Dead Space Remake, Viewfinder, and Street Fighter 6. Had to sneak in a uh, fighting game there. We've got some crossover, but we've also got some different games. So I want to hear about uh, your game of the year, Alan Wake, because um, I did not like the first Alan Wake. I didn't play much of it, but I, I played just enough to be like, I don't like shining a flashlight on these guys and then also shooting them. It felt like I was just repeating myself, like my efforts. And I don't think I really like any Remedy games, like ever. I didn't really care for Control. Um, so it was a hard year listening to everybody like slobber over that. And once again, we're back to everyone slobbering over a game from Remedy. And I'm like, um, am I being gaslit? So please tell me, why is Alan Wake 2 Mitch's 2023 game of the year? Yeah, I did not expect to love Alan Wake 2 as much as I did. I kind of picked it up on a whim just because I had heard the praise that you were hearing that this game is like incredible, um, you know, like, I liked the previous Remedy games and stuff like that, but I didn't expect to be blown away by it. But I was constantly impressed by that game the entire time I was playing it. It's not a straight-up action game like the original Alan Wake or Control was. It's a survival horror game, so kind of closer to Resident Evil 4 Remake. So you play as two characters. Uh, you play as Alan Wake in the, like, upside-down, basically, in the uh, uh, the dark place. And then you play as Saga Anderson in the real world, and she's an FBI agent. And both of them kind of have their own unique gameplay elements um, on top of the regular shooting that you do so you still shine the flashlight on people and then shoot their weak spots but because this is a survival horror game you're only managing like at most three enemies at a time uh because the mechanics have changed a little bit so it's not like you're just like shining your light and shooting like 10 dudes at once you have to kind of like um you know carefully figure out how you're going to approach combat situations because you're not an action hero you're a person with a flashlight and a gun so you have to like dodge and shine them and figure out you know when to shoot them and stuff like that and manage your inventory um so basically what you're doing in the game is in the overworld um uh, Saga Anderson's special thing is she has like a mind palace is what it's called. It's basically a room in her head where she goes and you like piece together parts of the case that you're working on because she's an FBI agent. So as you go along, you'll get like clues and you can go into your like mind palace and you can like intuit different parts of the case or you can like profile people in your mind to like get answers out of 
them when you're talking to them and stuff like that. Uh, and when you're playing as Alan Wake, since you're in the dark place, it's not a real place. And Alan Wake will come across these instances where you come up upon a story point and he'll get inspiration for a new scene and you need to go to these story points and then change the scene to match the story that he's telling and that'll open up new parts of the level so the level is like constantly shifting and changing as you play and depending on the stuff that like alan thinks of in the moment like you need like if you want to get past a certain part of a level he'll come into a room and he'll think of like and the next part of the story and then the scene will change and like the level will add new enemies or other stuff to do based on that so that was pretty cool i think thought that the the story of the game is a little confusing like it's definitely like you know still carrying on that Twin Peaks influence where you're not 100% sure <laughs> what's going on the entire time but the uh, acting is really good like there's a combination of really good voice acting and live action like I'm sure that you saw the dance number that happened at the game awards or heard about it or something like that. I sort of ignored it. So no is the answer. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So you're in the Allen section of the game. You start off in this like talk show who's ho- that is hosted by this uh, entity called Mr. Door. Uh, he looks human, but I think he's like some sort of like he's controlling something in the dark place or something like that. And at one point he makes you go through a musical about Alan Wake. So you're progressing through the level fighting uh, Taken and on the boards all around you is like a live music video of Alan Wake and Mr. Door singing along to this song. And they've got the people who did the rock songs in the last game playing a song to it and it is like one of the best levels i think i've played in a video game in in a long time it was a ton of fun it's all yeah it's also like really tense and creepy as hell like i could only play it for like at most an hour at a time because i would be so creeped out by it like the saga stuff you're in uh the pacific northwest and since i live there i know it's very creepy just by its very nature but you're walking around in the outdoors uh it's dark you need your flashlight you're getting ambushed by taken constantly uh at one point you go through like a creepy amusement park it's very unsettling and then in the Alan Wake sections you're being chased by like these shadow demons that are like following you and whispering you so you're like walking around and you just hear people whispering behind you especially in your headphones it's really tense so yeah it was a really really cool game I mean it had it was really atmospheric the the story even though it was kind of confusing I was like hooked the entire time the combat was fun I only ran into like one area in the game at the end that was a huge difficulty spike but I eventually figured it out it's the one part of the game where you have to fight against multiple enemies at a time and the game's mechanics are not like really set up for that because you know it's got the regular survival horror thing where you got to you have a limited amount of ammo you have to like heal yourself and healing yourself takes forever depending on what you're doing and you don't really have the space to do it so it can be kind of tight and that was the only part that really frustrated me combat wise but the rest of the game was was super awesome it was like it was fun playing a saga like figuring out the cases and profiling people and like doing her side of the story and then it was also really cool as alan to be able to go into levels and like change them on the fly to solve puzzles. It was really interesting. Yeah, it seems like a an interesting mechanic. I'll have to check that out. What, that that feels like a on sale to me or, you know, because the risk factor. Um, once it's on sale or comes to like maybe PS Plus or something like that, I think I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it's definitely still a Remedy game. Like, it's still got that Remedy sensibility. So if you didn't really jive with the presentation of Control, which was, I think, their most recent game. Yeah, and it it ties a lot back into that as well. Like, this builds on the whole, like, Remedy-connected universe. So obviously, it calls back to the first Alan Wake and American Nightmare. But it also pulls in from Control. Uh, The Department of Control shows up in the story. You see a couple people from that game, like, very briefly in Alan Wake. So obviously, they're building up to a bigger connected game right so it 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 doesn't feel like reference for references sake it feels like kind of like smart world building if that makes sense it's not just like they saw they showed me the thing i recognize and i clapped like they're obviously trying to tell a larger story 
So you're saying that it's, they didn't Dave Filoni it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you don't you don't have to fight Cad Bane at the end randomly because he was in uh, <laughs> he was in American Nightmare or something. Like I didn't expect to love Alan Wake two nearly as much as I did. I'm probably not doing it justice. I but I really enjoyed my time with it. I'm glad that uh you know your your game of the year was one that I think sort of came out of nowhere. Yeah, mine was sort of predictable. I mean, I guess it is sort of you know um it's not shocking that a Mario game is great, but I think it's surprising that a Mario two D game uh would be considered like this good in this day and age because a lot of people just tend to some people don't even count them as real entries in the main series anymore which i think is stupid and ridiculous i mean it's a it's a mario game for nintendo why would it not count like a platforming mario game it's not like an rpg or a sports game or yeah and it's on the main platform it's not on a it's not on a ds or you know 3ds whatever it's for the 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 console so yeah it's it was great um it was like i said uh it was just pure joy in controller form and um at the end of the year uh, when I looked at my list, it was something that I wanted to experience every bit of. And then when I looked at something like my number two game, uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, that was something that I wanted to skip large parts of that game. The depths, is that what it's called? I can't remember now. <laughs> the depths, yeah, the depths. And like all the building mechanics, like I just built to get to advance, to get on my way. I did not build for fun or to experiment or anything like that. So largely ignored, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think I built two things the entire time I played that game. I built like, you know, I connected planks together to make a ramp and then I built an air bike to fly around. And that was the extent of how I interacted with it. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, and like all those things that people do that you see on the videos online, they're great. It's just not how I'm built and not how I want to play not only Zelda, but just basically any kind of game. I'm just do things like that. So you know, just like scientifically looking at it, and I'm like, I loved every bit of this game. I did not love every bit of this game. And maybe the highs are higher on one, or the lows are lower on what it doesn't matter. I just look at it, I'm like, Mario is a more complete package, and I had a great time with it from beginning to end. And Zelda was fantastic as well, but just not quite on the level of Mario. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think we talked about Zelda pretty in depth, like a few podcasts ago, and I can't remember like exactly what we said, but I, I really like Zelda. But when I think about it, yeah, I had way too many nitpicks with Zelda when it came to like deciding between like the, of the two Nintendo games that came out this year. Like when I think about Zelda and I think about Mario, like Mario, I have no feedback on like that was a great experience from top to bottom no notes 10 out of 10 but yeah when i think about zelda i'm like yeah i didn't love this and like this was okay but i preferred how they did breath of the wild in certain respects so yeah it was it was good but i don't know how much more mileage we're gonna get at which is funny to say because we've only had two games with it and i'm already i already feel like the current zelda formula is a little tapped out if that makes sense yeah the, it's fun it's it's funny you say that because like breath of the wild was a huge departure from what was an extremely stale formula uh, that started with Ocarina of Time and did not change up until uh, a link. A link. What's this? What's the Link's Awakenings or Links to the Path sequel? Link Between Worlds, and and it only slightly changed a little bit in terms of like letting you rent items so you could do the dungeons in any order you wanted to, but it was still the same kind of structure. So this was the big sea change from that structure that had been the same since 1990 or, or even even before that a link to the past it's been the same structure just not in 3d 
And now after two games, it's like, okay, you guys need to do something different again. <laughs> like that, that formula lasted decades. And now we're already like, yeah, you guys need to change it up again. Cause I can't do too many more like this. Yeah. I think, I think putting it on, I know they changed some things. I putting it, I think putting it on the same map kind of did a disservice to it. Cause it, I've really felt like I had seen a lot of it before. Cause I had, and the sky islands weren't a huge thing, even though the marketing made it seem like it was like, I think I went to sky islands, like at the beginning, obviously for the tutorial and then a couple more times and the depths, like. Yeah, like you said, you go in there once, you kind of are like, okay, I've I understand what's going on in here. And unless you really, really need Zoan Knight or whatever that rock was called, there's I'm sure there's some reason to go down there. But I was like, I didn't need to go down there for my playthrough. Yeah, like it got to the point where the first time I went there, I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And then the more times I had to go down there, the less time I wanted to spend. And it was literally just like get to the next tree or the mushroom to make it light light up and then get the fuck out of here. Yeah, basically all I did was once I had my air bike, I just flew around with a, a light bulb on the front so I could see where I was going and just skipped everything to get to where I needed to go. Yeah, and the whole, um, it's a lot during the, the final boss, the condition where you can like lose hearts uh, permanently oh, until you, you know have something to restore them. Yeah, oh, just not, not okay, not okay. It made that last boss more frustrating than it needed to be because I had not conjured up tons and tons of those ingredients, you know what I mean? Because I have been avoiding the depths. So I don't need those ingredients to make those potions to restore my hearts because I'm just not getting that condition because I don't go down there until I'm forced to go down there for the vinyl boss. Yeah, I think we talked about this when we talked about the game, but yeah, I did not prepare nearly enough gloom removing dishes. It was I, it was a very near run thing. Yeah, it came down to the very last second for me. And I was like, oh, God, like, I know there's another phase after this. And, and then thankfully, during that phase, they healed me. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yeah, the game did, did, did us a solid on that one for sure. I mean... We kind of talked about it a little bit. Do you just want to drop the game of the year here? Um, I think our consensus game of the year has to be Super Mario Wonder because there's uh, there's not a bad thing that really we can say about it. And if we did, I'll slap the taste out your mouth. So. Yeah, I mean, like I said, my personal game is Alan Wake 2, but my second game was Super Mario Bros. Wonder. So when it comes to game of the year, like I'm not going to fight about it. I already said that. I love Mario Bros. Wonder. Like, pretty much a flawless experience, I think. You know, I love the levels. I love the Wonder Seeds. I love the badges. It was super creative, super fun. Yeah. Also, just feels right, you know, given a Mario game, Game of the Year. Yeah, it's nice to see that, um, you know, Mario sort of came back really strong after, um, you know, it's, you know, everyone's been talking about Zelda, but Mario has been on a really great run uh, recently. Mario Odyssey was, in my opinion, it's far and away the best 3D Mario. And then you had that great little experiment with Bowser's Fury, which I kind of want to go back and, and play again uh, even when I, anytime I think about it. And also, Bowser's Fury had the greatest song in the history of music with Mount Miyagto. Oh, yeah, totally. Or Mi- Mount Miyagmao. And then now we have Super Mario Wonder, which uh, turns out to be, if not the best 2D Mario, then like maybe the, then the second best. It's, it's probably too soon to, de- to decree it, but it's up there, obviously, with Super Mario World. I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room when it comes to games in 2023 a little bit, which is Baldur's Gate 3, uh, which was not on my list. It was on your list. And we both yeah, I, we both played it. I have not beat it. I've played a bit of it. I don't get it. I don't see the appeal. It is a nicer looking Dragon Age 1 to me. <laughs> um, it is uh, It is a great game, but it is, I think now the most overrated game of all time. <laughs> yeah, like like move aside, move aside Witcher 3, <laughs> you know. It it's one of those things that like you know, you hear all these stories of all these things people did and like some of it is pretty neat like the solutions that people come up with, but also some of those solutions like like it doesn't really the game doesn't 
kind of tell you that you can do stuff like that. So unless you're hearing about it on the internet, you know, it just that stuff just doesn't happen. And also a lot of that stuff just feels like cheesing. Um, it'll be like, oh, I couldn't beat this boss, so I just went in and planted a guy behind him so that when the boss fight started, there was already somebody there. And I'm like, this is not a way you would normally play a game, you know what I mean? Like, it's not organic. It's it's safe scumming to get the optimal conditions. And that's fine, because there are a lot of, like, it accounts for lots of different scenarios if this person's alive, if this person's dead, and this and that. But there were lots of times in that game where I felt completely helpless like I was like well I guess I'm just going to quit because there's no way I can beat this and then I just tried it again and the dice rolls went my way and everything was fine and there's just too much like one way or the other it's like feast or famine kind of on that and then the main story overall you don't even meet the 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 antagonist until like it's like a fucking Final Fantasy game until like the very last few hours of the game like you don't even get to find out what the big big deal is until near the end and you mean you've been doing stuff and leading up to it but like the true enemy does not reveal themselves until later which it just was like oh okay i guess i'm i guess we're doing this now and then when you feel like you're wrapping things it's it's incredibly weirdly paced because they make a big deal about going to this one land and it feels like, oh, I think oh, we're wrapping up. Oh, oh, okay. And then, like, no, it's just another land. And then, or, like, another area. And then when you finally get to Baldur's Gate, you're like, okay, finally, here, we're going to be wrapping out and wrapping things up. And no, I'm not kidding, like, thousands of side quests and, like, new quests, like, appear. And it's overwhelming. And it got to the point, I've seen a lot of people say this, but, like, they get to Act 3 and they're like, I think I may not finish this game just because, like, it's now, it's now too much. You know what I mean? So it's just incredibly weirdly paced. And, you know, they've, they've done lots of patches, you know, I guess to make it better and, and, and to improve things. Like I said, it's a great game, but, you know, like, they're changing, like, endings. So if you beat the game, oh, before we patched it, then you don't, you didn't get to see what the real ending that now exists. You know what I mean? It's, it's too much in flux. It feels like a lot of, like, not that it was buggy. But it did come in pretty hot where it feels like they're still working on it and it doesn't feel fair to the people who've already played it. And like some people are going to replay it over and over again. I may play it again one day years from now, but like it's just it's just too much game for me to like want to jump back in with a different party or anything like that right away. I don't have any like specific complaints of things that I don't like about it other than that. Like it's it just general vibe is not grabbing me. Like I'll go back and finish it at some point. But yeah, I mean, it is one of those games that people play a bunch if they're like really, really into it because you can you can make, you know, there's so many character combinations that you can make between race and class and you can play like the origin characters and and stuff like that so there it does have a ton of stuff to do and it definitely does feel overwhelming at a certain point but I don't know I just tried playing and like I walked around I found the camera controls very clunky like I couldn't really figure out how to get the camera to look where I wanted it to look and I kept feeling like I was like looking over parts of the level that was obscuring my view I don't know maybe I just couldn't figure it out but I didn't really like how it controlled I think they did a great. I like. Um, I played on the PS5, and I think they did a great job of translating it to a controller. But there was a lot of times where it just felt overwhelming. And I mean, the whole game, though, like it was one of those games where, like, anytime I did anything, I was sort of like had my like shoulders raised and like like really nervous, like I'm about to fuck something up. And to play like 50 hours of that is not a very comfortable feeling. But I just always felt like I was on the cusp of like hitting the wrong button and killing a party member by accident or killing an NPC and just ruining everything. You know, it was fun, but like the relationship thing with all the party members is neat, but like everybody just instantly wants to fuck you. And it's a little like, whoa, whoa, I did not like, what is 
like I just asked if you would like to have a wine or, or or a nice hearty ale after a hard day of killing orcs. I wasn't an invitation to a blowjob. Yeah, that, that's another thing that reminded me of Dragon Age is just like as soon as you talk to someone, they instantly want to get in your pants. So yeah, it, it's it's good and it's fun, but like there's just enough like flaws that I just did not you know. I was like there's just other games that are I thought were much better, and you know by the end of it, I just wanted it to be over. I play a ton of D and D regularly, and this is a very D and D game. You know, for some reason in a video game, I don't like dice rolls. I like the things I do to happen. I don't like leaving it up to chance. I'm totally fine with with dice rolls in D and D. You know, but for some reason when you translate to a video game, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. So I I save scum. <laughs> Like, I I had to do that in this game as well, um, especially near the end. It took me two or three tries to beat the final boss, and it just came down to dice rolls. And I'm just like, you know, is this skill, or is it just, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, in a regular game, if you had your druthers, like, that would be skill. You would know it. And this is just like, well, I rolled a 19 instead of a 12 on this final attack, so I win. Yeah, it was literally like, I got, I got destroyed. I'm never going to beat this battle. And then the next time, it's like, I rocked those motherfuckers. <laughs> like, that was over in, like, six seconds. What happened? And it's just the dice rolls. And I just, you know, that's not what I want in a video game. I can imagine some people going, like, you know, skill issue, like, <laughs> put barrels around the place before the fight starts, which, again, is what, what you were saying. You don't like cheesing fights either, so. Yeah. Like, and every time we would do, like, when we do those Destiny raids and we would team up with some randoms or whatever, and they'd be like, you guys just want to cheese it? Cheese it? And I'm like, I mean, I kind of want to experience what a battle is going to be like. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get the rewards. And I understand this may not be your first time doing it, but like I just kind of want to see what it's supposed to be like the real way at least once, you know. And a lot of gamers just don't give a shit about that. They like they take the always will take the path of least resistance to the rewards, like every single time. I will I will say for Destiny Two, my policy is when I'm re- leading a raid that I do not cheese, with the exception of Riven. I will cheese Riven 100 percent of the time because that is legitimately faster. But most cheeses in any game is just like, well, I could have just done this normally with you know half as much effort and precision. And it would have taken me like 10 seconds longer. So what's the point? The one thing I will say about Baldur's Gate is I kind of appreciated how much it made the big studios like panic about how well received it was because I think like EA and Ubisoft and one other company I can't remember right now, they they were all asked about Baldur's Gate success and they all said like, well, this is abnormal. You know, you can't expect this type of video game to come out all the time. I kind of appreciated how it like shook up people's perception of like what a video game could be. Because yeah, like you said, it came in a little hot and they're still patching it. But like they're doing huge patches for free. They're adding new content for free. They're really responsive to the community. Um, you know, the the game isn't nickel and diming you all the time. It, it is a complete game and anything they want to add, you're not paying for it, right? Which is not the norm these days. And I do appreciate that it kind of, you know, gave... I, I don't think it's actually going to change anything, but I did enjoy <laughs> seeing all these big video game publishers kind of get like a kick in the ass a little bit you know after they become very complacent with you know selling games in chunks for way more than it's worth or microtransactions or buggy games at launch that never get fixed battlefield (laughs) you know stuff like that so i will say i appreciated that aspect of Baldur's gate and the effect it had on the industry yes anything that makes those schmucks uncomfortable is not a bad thing and and i and i did i did enjoy it i did have a good time with it uh by the end you know i was just like I said, I'd, like it was, it was a good time. Uh, I just did not have my mind blown the way so many other people seem to. 
But yeah, like I'll go back and try it. I might love it. You know, I might finally get it to click with me. But in terms of like the games I played in 2023, you know, it just didn't grab me enough to make my list. So I kind of wanted to talk about my biggest disappointment of the year. Like obviously, you know, we've talked about our favorite games of the year. Um, obviously, Starfield was a huge disappointment. We're not going to rehash that. But my biggest disappointment for the year was Destiny 2 and Bungie as a whole. So I don't know if you've kept up on the Bungie goings on at all this year. Uh, no. Okay, so I'll just give you the quick rundown, and I guess for the benefit of the, the listeners as well. I can't assume they've they've uh, heard about all this stuff, but yeah, the new expansion for Destiny 2 came out earlier this year, uh, Lightfall, and this is kind of an expansion that they like created to slot in. Like Originally, it was just going to be Beyond Light and then the final shape, and then they had to give themselves more room for the final shape, so they created Lightfall just to kind of like slot it in there, and it is not a very good expansion. Uh, you know, there was a lot of criticisms about the story. The story was not very good. They obviously wrote it in half a year. Uh, the voice acting a lot of people did not like the new characters it introduced. Basically, the entire expansion existed to sell you the subclass of Strand, which Strand is fun, but the whole presentation around it was very lackluster. You know, coming off of the Witch Queen, which is probably one of the best, if not the best, Destiny expansions uh, ever. Like, it's a tight race between that and the Taken King. To come into Lightfall and have its disastrous reception was quite the come down. So it hasn't been a great year for Destiny as a whole. Like, a lot of people are feeling fatigued with this franchise like it's been going on for 10 years the finish line is in sight you know there's only so much Bungie can do on a yearly basis to kind of mix it up and we've kind of been doing the same thing for a while now you know you've got the big expansion then you got your four seasonal stories the seasonal structure is pretty much the same in terms of like what you do the activities and the rewards you get uh you know occasionally there's raids or dungeons to mix things up but that is again stuff they've been pulling out for years so it's less exciting each time it happens even if they are good then what happened is apparently you know, rumors started coming out that Destiny, that Bungie was in trouble, and then they laid off like a hundred people, like people who have been there for a long time, you know, like Michael Salvatore, he's one of the composers, uh, Laurie McLees, she's been there for like 20 years, more than that, she designed the Halo logo, so, you know, everyone at the company was not safe for this. You know, this is a huge blow to community morale, which is already pretty low. Then they delayed the final shape until June. It was supposed to come out in uh, February of this year. Instead, it's coming out for June, which is another, which is a huge delay. So you're already at a point where the community is kind of like burnt out with this game in general. And then you delay the next expansion. So then you have another, you know, six months of nothing going on. And on top of that, apparently Bungie missed its revenue projections by like 54% or something like that. It's either 45 or 54%, something like that, which is like an insane number to miss like i don't know who i don't know who made that number but if you miss your revenue projections by like 40 50 percent like somebody was doing the math wrong right which is insane and yeah like you said apparently if bungie doesn't make a certain amount of money or, or something like that like sony can't come in and take over the studio so as it usually goes when a company doesn't profits or the line doesn't constantly go up you know the easiest thing to slash is personnel costs so they got rid of a bunch of employees and then apparently in a town hall meeting internally where bungie addressed this like one of the employees asked if management was going to you know forgo bonuses uh in light of the financial difficulties the answer was apparently bungie is not that kind of company which like what what a thing to tell you like so like the morale in the community is low the morale of the studio is low you know i i've been with this franchise for 10 years you know i've dipped out here or there like destiny 2 year one or some of the content droughts in in d1 so like at this point i'm like you know unless the final shape is absolutely a disaster, which it very well might be. Like, I'm in it to finish it. I'll see it out and then probably, like, say goodbye to the franchise. But, man, going into this final year, like, that was a huge, huge blow to to my perception of the game and the company, just to have that happen. It sounds like not a lot of great things have been coming 
from them lately. And uh, one of the things that uh, I'm kind of curious about is I'm certain that employees of Bungie probably don't want Sony to take over, but at the same time, what if they do? And what if they're like, you know what, these guys that are running this thing aren't doing, getting it done, maybe someone does need to come in here and, and take over, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of curious to see how they feel about it, because I feel like in the long run that would not be, you know, I mean, at that point it's like, is it even Bungie anymore, you know? Clearly they need to do something, and I feel like, man, when's, are they going to make a Destiny 3? Like, or are they just going to, like, it just feels like Destiny 2 is out so, so long that, I mean, it almost feels forgotten, if you're not actively playing it, and every now and then it pops up and you're like, oh, Destiny. But, like, I, I don't know, I'm trying to sort of articulate this, but, like, they need something new and something big. And But I don't even know if, like, a Destiny 3, it'll be enough to bring back all the players that have probably been shed over the years, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think they're planning on doing a Destiny 3 because they've announced what they're doing post the final shape so that like they're they're bringing out like they're not doing seasons anymore they're doing episodes and they're like reducing the number of episodes so they can be higher quality of content i guess the other thing they're working on is is they're bringing back marathon their old uh first person shooter franchise and they're making that an extraction shooter like uh, tarkov or the dmz from cod i think is an extraction mode and apparently they had some people from community of games come in and play it and the the feedback was not good so yeah so early buzz around marathon like no one was really excited about marathon when they announced it because like they yeah like you said they've been doing destiny for so long that the greater gaming community has kind of forgotten about them so it's like a new game from bungie used to have some cachet back when they were in their halo heyday right back when they were first making destiny one and now it's just like you know new game from bungie and it's not more destiny so all the all their hardcore destiny players were like what is this is this why we've been getting less quality content worse story worse bug fixes because you've moved and, you know, Crucible and Gambit haven't been touched forever because you moved all your staff over to Marathon, right? That's the that's the sentiment. Yeah, I, um, I don't know a lot about the original Marathon, but I know that just from what I've ever seen, that if... Like, I know the new one now is an extraction shooter because you just said that, but I feel like what would have been a successful thing is taking whatever the original one was, updating it, modernizing it, and I hate to sound like an asshole here, but sort of making it like Halo, like with vehicles... And, like, a big multiplayer, you know, like, battlefield extravaganza type thing, like the way people like Halo to be, I feel like that would have been a better direction to go with than an extraction shooter. For years, like, because Sony owns them now, or sort of, they're in partnership with Sony, and for years Sony was looking for their Halo killer, you know, like Killzone and stuff. Like you said, this is the, the would be the perfect, and Halo has never been lower in terms of interest, so this would have been the perfect opportunity to make another Halo. Yeah, Halo is once again at an all-time low. <laughs> Somehow they keep managing it. <laughs> yeah, like that, man, like, it's so weird that, like, Xbox had all these great franchises, and then once they hit, like, the third entry, they were just like, well, what do we now, well, what do we fucking do? <laughs> you know, they weren't, they weren't able to extend it in a way that made it meaningful going past the 360 era. You know, I mean, Reach was really good, but, I mean, after that, like, Halo, like, really what it comes down to, I think, is the original creators left in terms of Bungie and in terms of uh, who's the original creators of Gears. Epic, yeah. Yeah, there you go. They moved on to bigger and better things, huh? So, yeah, it's just not It's just not the same. It's like, uh, you know, it's, you can do the Ship of Theseus thing where it's just like, well, is this really the same thing if it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like... It's like Giant Bomb. It's still got the Giant Bomb name, but none of the people that made Giant Bomb what it was are there. So why, you know, why would you expect the same results from Halo or Gears of War? It's not 
I mean, some of the same people, but it's not the main people. And when it comes to something like Destiny, you've got these people that have still been there, but they've been doing the same thing over and over again for so long, and there's just only so much you can do. And, like, you're not going to, at this point, you're never going to gain more players. You know, you, like when something new comes out, you'll gain them for a little bit, maybe. But there's nothing you can do for, I think, a game this long it's been out this long with this long of a tail to drastically increase your base. I just don't see, I just don't see a path. I mean, there's almost nothing they could do, I think, to make me come back. And I lo- I was a De- Destiny fanatic forever. Yeah, like we played a ton in D1, yeah. But it, I think it just goes to show that, like this, this whole live service trend, like I think Destiny is like the last true live service game, except for maybe like Fortnite. But Fortnite's its own thing now. I don't even know what Fortnite is anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a meta game, I guess. I don't know. Like people keep trying to find a new term for it, but this whole live service trend, you know, everyone tried to jump on it and Destiny is kind of the last horse struggling to finish the race, right? You know? So, I think the best way to I don't know how Apex is doing cuz Apex is largely forgotten too unless you're playing it. I never hear about Apex, you know what I mean? Like, oh, Apex is having a Star Wars crossover or, or is it Star Wars? Yeah, they're having some sort of crossover soon with something that I like. But, you know, until things like that happen, until you hear about those at the Game Awards, you never talk about, no one talks about Apex anymore. Yeah. But I think the successful model is something like Call of Duty, which has a live service with like Warzone, but it's sort of bundled in and around their yearly releases, you know? And obviously that's not feasible for most studios to release a big budget game like that every year. So I don't think they should do it every year, but I think it would behoove them to have some sort of ongoing mode that people can play in between the two or three year releases you know what i mean yeah i think i think that just really speaks to how massive the studios need to be to support these things because like you said you basically need all of activision behind call of duty to maintain what they're doing and that used to be the case with destiny right they used to have activision behind them to help them pump out content and then they lost it and you saw the effects of that pretty much immediately yeah and you also see that even with all of Activision behind Call of Duty, they still will sometimes just shit out a glorified expansion pack instead of a full-fledged sequel. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it ju- it definitely seems like live service is an Ouroboros in a lot of respects. Like, it's just constantly eating itself. Yeah, it's... um, And, you know, it's one of those things that, for me personally, and I know I'm not the average, you know, gamer, because... You know the touch of a woman? Yeah, <laughs> yes, because I... <laughs> yes, that was well done. I like to play lots of different things, and I don't want to get caught up in one single game over you know for a long period of time that's going to keep me away from all these other games you know what i mean i don't i'm not looking for a live service game like i when the new call of duty came out i played it a bunch and as other games have come out since then i'm down to like two warzone matches a couple times a night or not a couple times a night a couple times a week and then maybe like a multiplayer if i've got like it's to me call of duty is like my wife and kids are going to be home in 15 minutes i got enough time to play something but it can't be anything substantial i'll do a call of duty multiplayer map like that it's it's nothing that i want to invest a lot of time in anymore and i feel that way with about all of the live service games i just don't want to i just don't want to waste my time when i could be playing all kinds of other new experiences yeah like every not every game but all those games are trying to be like the only game you play yeah it's just not feasible like every game has a battle pass the the game that came out just came out the finals like i was kind of interested in it a couple things make me hesitant on it uh it has a battle pass apparently you have to apparently you have to play like 100 hours to get everything in that battle pass which is ridiculous like like i don't want to play 100 hours of a single player game anymore you know (laughs) yeah and like I, i played the demo for that or the beta when it came out and uh i was like oh Okay, like, you know, and 
it was fine, but it wasn't really what I was looking for. And games like that are tough because, you know, you're sort of learning on the fly and it feels like everyone else around you already knows everything, like your teammates and your opponents. And you're just trying to, you're just trying to figure out how to fucking shoot. And it has a tutorial, but it doesn't go nearly in depth um, with what you need when you're actually playing the game. Yeah, they, they want to be the only thing that you play. And, you know, I don't play Fortnite. In fact, I look down with disdain at anyone who does. I'll be honest. Apologies to any listeners. Not you. I'm talking about the other ones. What I've heard about Fortnite is if you buy a battle pass, they let you keep leveling it up even after it expires uh, and the new season starts. And so you can be leveling up sort of the new one and the old one at the same time or something like that, which I think is a great idea. And everybody should do that. Like, what does it harm you? Like, Call of Duty does not do that. And it would be great if when the new battle pass comes out, if you buy it and you're still able to unlock content for the one you already paid for. Like, that's such a brilliant thing. Halo does that, I think. Halo Infinite does that, which I can't imagine playing Halo <laughs> Infinite. Apparently apparently it's gotten a lot better, but based on my experience with it when it came out like two years ago, I couldn't imagine playing it. But yeah, apparently the battle pass persists in perpetuity. Uh, so that's, that's neat that Fortnite does that. I haven't bought a Fortnite battle pass in forever. I've never... I've played, I think, two matches of Fortnite, and then I was like, yeah, when I, to quote Zodiac, motherfucker, where I come from, when you shoot at somebody, or when someone shoots at you, you return fire, you don't build a Dutch colonial. And I know they've got a mode where you don't have to build anything, but I would rather play a game better controls like Call of Duty if I'm going to play a shooter, you know what I mean? I mean, I did I did check out No Build, and yes, it is very nice to be able to shoot someone and not have them build the Taj Mahal in front of you, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying completely. It's just one of those things, like... If I'm going to spend the time doing this, I'm going to do it with what I consider to be the best in class of uh, shooter controls. Yeah, I mean, if, if every game is competing for your time, then you're just going to pick one, right? And yeah, if you especially when you have limited time. So, But yeah, that was uh, we, we kind of went off on a, on a good tangent there. Yeah, that was a good free-form discussion. Uh, I just want to ask before we uh, uh, end this for the night, what 2024 games, not that there are many announced, are you l- looking forward to? One thing that I can think of off the top of my head, it was supposed to come out this year, but they, they delayed it to next year, is uh, Space Marine 2. I'm really looking forward to that one. I, I love the original, like, I'm a big Warhammer 40,000 guy. I love the original Space Marine, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, and then maybe also Skull and Bones. No, I'm just kidding. That's never coming out. <laughs> good one yeah i think i think that's it that's the only thing i can think of that's on the top of my list for next year and obviously like when the final shape comes out i'll i'll play that but yeah what, what about you what's on your mind um well i have a there's several games that are just currently on the radar but there's some obviously more than others but i'll just go through them real quick um on the 18th of january there's a prince of persia metroidvania coming out i hear good things about it from the previews it's not a must buy it's going to sort of wait for reviews kind of thing like i don't really need another metroidvania in my life but i do like prince of persia so if the reviews are good i'll give it a shot maybe down the line on the 19th the last of us part 2 remastered i've been wanting to replay that and i've been holding off thinking that they were going to make a, a remaster and lo and behold they are and for only ten dollars more i can get it on that's going to be great and also it comes with a new mode, which is sort of like a roguelike uh, mode uh, where you play, you have, you can pick different characters and you go on runs and you pick different like, you know, modifiers and stuff like that. And apparently it's super stressful and really great. I really like the combat in The Last of Us Part Two, so I'm looking forward to that. On the 26th, uh, Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth. I, I really enjoyed the previous Like a Dragon game. Uh, I want to play this new one. So that's uh, on the radar. My... Real quick, uh, other games that I've sort of review-dependent, uh, Helldivers 2, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, and Princess Peach Showtime. Those are other uh, games that I want to see what they have to offer. But the two absolute most is Persona 3 Reload. Uh, I love Persona 5. 
and I'm still waiting for another persona to hit me. And this was the first persona to have that structure that all of the other ones have that makes it so popular now. And they've redone it sort of in more of the style of Persona 5. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I want to play it because I just love that series now. And on the 29th, on the rarest day of the year, <laughs> February 29th, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, of course. There's zero chance that I wouldn't play that day one. So uh, really loved that Final Fantasy VII remake. And this one is supposed to be even better. And it's more open and it's got lots of things and it gets out of Midgar so you get to actually see the outside. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, That and Persona 3 are my two absolute, like, clear the decks. Gotta play those. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I never played the original Final Fantasy VII remake, but I'm, I'm glad that Final Fantasy VII remakes are finally coming out. Like a decade of hearing about them, it felt like. It is great that, like, once they got that first one out, that all of a sudden they are able to churn them out a lot yeah, I guess I guess other than stuff coming out next year, like obviously I'm going to play the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, and then I bought God of War Ragnarok 50% off uh, over Christmas. So I'm going to play that too. I've never played that one either with on my PS5. I am curious to see what you think about that. Did hear it was divisive. I heard it wasn't as universally praised as the first one. And I loved the first one. I loved the first one. I believe it was my game of the year that year. And the second one uh, didn't make my top 10. Wow. Okay. So very, that's very interesting. Yeah. God of War was my second favorite game that year. That was the game that, that was the year the first Spider-Man came out. Yeah. I think I had Spy- God of War 1 and Spider-Man 2 or something like that. Yeah. And then Red Dead. Um, Man, that was a year. Oh, real quick. I've been playing um, Star Ocean. I'm, I'm literally on the final dungeon as we get off this. I'm going to try and beat Star Ocean Second Story R. It's been really great. Uh, I like it a lot. I never played the original, but this has been a lot of fun. It's the kind of game that um, it doesn't seem too hard, but if you do enough of the sort of extra stuff and crafting, uh, you can break this game over your knee <laughs> like Bane breaks Batman. I crafted the best sword in the game like five hours ago, um, and I've just been melting people with it ever since then, like five hours in terms of game time. And the other one that I've been playing, uh, I paused to finish Star Ocean, and then I'm going to go back is I re- you know what I'm going to recommend it to you Dragon Quest Monsters the Dark Prince you like pokemon this is a monster gathering game just like pokemon but it's in the Dragon Quest universe and to me the monsters in Dragon Quest are some of the most charming ever so it's it's a good one of those I don't know a lot about that genre I don't play the pokemon games but I was like I like Dragon Quest and I want to play one of these and so I might as well play it in some in a world that I enjoy and I'm having a really good time with it capture monsters they fight for you you go through tournaments you go through different lands you keep capturing monsters you combine them and synthesize them to create newer rarer monsters that you can only get by doing such things and um it's a great time if you like those types of games you should check it out there is a demo on the switch no charge go try that out and see if you like it yeah sounds good i'll check that out for sure i had never even heard of that and uh put it on my list yeah i want to play star ocean 2 like that's the only jrpg that i've beaten to completion uh, back when it came out on PS1, so I want to play it again. Oh, good. Well, I'm about to go beat the ten wise man's asses, so. All right, sounds good. Uh, before we go, do you want to drop your uh, your Twitter handle or whatever social media you're on? Yes, I am still on Twitter, not X. Um, we don't call it that because we're not cops. It's at uh, edgewalker81, and you can find me there tweeting about all the things that I uh, like to tweet about. Nice, and uh, you can follow me at uh, letterbox.com slash lockerus. I've uh, reviewed a bunch of movies there, uh, put up my top 10 for 2023, so you can go check that out. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>